Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks, cloud accounting software that will save you time and money. For a limited time, FreshBooks is offering listeners 50% off your first three months when you sign up for a paid plan. Go to freshbooks.com slash coolmules and enter coolmules in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash coolmules for 50% off your first three months. If you like this podcast, you might also like Court Junkie. Host Jillian delves into court documents and interviews those close to the case to help her tell their stories. You'll hear lots of trial audio as she takes you through each case from beginning to end and explains the intricacies of the court process and the injustices of the judicial system. Recent episodes of Court Junkie include an in-depth three-part series on Harvey Weinstein and an episode about Brooke Schuyler Richardson, the Ohio teen who was accused of deliberately murdering her newborn baby. Subscribe to Court Junkie on your favorite podcast app, or for more information, visit courtjunkie.com. There's something I haven't told you yet about why Slava wanted to tell us his story. When he first reached out to us, he asked for money. When we said no, he asked if perhaps it could be a partnership. We'd work on this podcast together and co-own the rights to it. We said no. If you wanted to be our source, there could be no business relationship between us. He thought about it for a moment, and then he still told us everything. Later, he explained his thinking. If our podcast goes viral, he would still own his life rights, which producers sometimes pay for when adapting true stories for the screen. My life rights are worth more than the actual telling of things. So I just wanted to make sure I continue to keep ownership over my life. We asked him which actor he thought should play him. Jonah Hill, but he's going to do a Christian Bale thing where he gets skinny and fat in the same movie. To give his story the best chance of success, Slava hedged his bets. While he was talking to us, he was also giving interviews to another journalist, Kate Nibbs, who at the time reported for The Ringer. He also wrote and released an ebook titled Finesse, which he says is a work of fiction about the Toronto rap scene, an aspiring music journalist, and drug dealing. And while subject to a court order forbidding him from using a computer without parental supervision, he took to Twitter. He tweeted using both his real name and various pseudonyms, like Epstein Forever and Feminism for AIDS. It's the purest sense of Twitter, and I'm not doing that for my Slava P account because I get a call from my lawyer every time that happens. He sent me a big thing saying don't tweet anymore. 
you know, the, the, the little tweet storm I had was that opened up the floodgates to people for people to start reaching out to me to not only check on my welfare and how I'm doing, but also like explore further ways for me to tell the story down the line. Oh, like other journalists getting in touch with you? Yeah, some journalists, some people in L.A. Book and movie people. Book and movie people. All of that happened when he was supposed to be preparing his pre-sentencing report, which involves being interviewed by a probation officer. Well, she's the one who almost like does a whole thing about like who you are, where you're from. Did you experience any bullying growing up? What was that like? Kind of like a free therapist that doesn't provide any support. Mm -hmm. Just like all the questions, none of the answers. So all of that will be taken into account when it's time for the judge to make her decision. Whether talking to us, tweeting, or preparing his court documents, Slava was always storytelling, pushing a narrative he hoped would sway both the criminal court and the public. Yeah, I mean, we read my agreed statement of facts onto record, and we talked about the um, intention of me getting involved in this as a result of searching for a vice story, so I'm happy about that. Now the next step will be to do my pre-sentence report with a representative uh, from the court, and that should give the judge a little bit more context so that her sentencing can reflect the entire scope of why I got involved and what I did and why I did it. His story is he did it for the story, that he only got into international drug trafficking so that he could write about it for Vice. He hopes that story will shave years off his sentence. One person he succeeded in convincing was himself. I'm sure that Ali and I will not be receiving similar sentences because for Ali, it was more or less just a money move. Uh, whereas for me, there was some professional reason to be pursuing the story. But Ali, who has yet to be found guilty in court of anything, has something Slava didn't. A lawyer who has branded himself on social media as a bulldog for those facing drug charges. Deepak Paradkar is a flashy defense attorney who used to go by the handle Cocaine Lawyer on Instagram. He's been known to wear $1,600 red-soled Christian Louboutin loafers covered in spikes to court. Paradkar has posted photos of his, quote, cocaine white jaguar and tagged other pictures, hashtag best cocaine lawyer. So unlike Slava, Ali Takilalji will be fighting the charges. Still, Slava hasn't been worried. By the time Ali's trial gets started, Slava figures he will probably be free. And the more he told his story about Vice inspiring him to do it, about his difficult upbringing, the more confident he became that it would work. Remember that when we first met him, he thought the authorities were going to make an example out of him. But on a subsequent visit from us, he became more optimistic. Mentally, I'm getting ready for, you know, 18 to 28 months. And then, after months of telling and retelling his narrative, Slava had a new prediction. Standing with me in the hallway outside of a downtown Toronto courtroom where we weren't allowed to use recording devices, Slava told me that, quote, the judge will probably sentence me to a hug from my mom for my difficult childhood. I'm Kasia Mihailovich, and this is the final episode of Cool Mules. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, 
People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool Mules is brought to you by FreshBooks, cloud accounting software that will save you time and money. This is a lot easier than having, you know, a Microsoft Word template that you have to go find on your desktop and you have to remember what you said, you were going to charge them, you go through all your emails. This really helps you just take all of the like psychological and emotional load off getting paid in a world where every little piecemeal bit of work that you do adds up to how you pay your rent. I do think FreshBooks is a way to just reclaim a little bit of that power in that relationship. And it's also a way of making your clients feel like you have it together. You can do estimates with FreshBooks. You can show them the time you've worked on a project and you can send them a professional invoice and it gives them a kind of confidence in you that, yeah, you've got, you've got it together. For a limited time, FreshBooks is offering listeners 50% off your first three months when you sign up for a paid plan. Go to freshbooks.com slash coolmules and enter coolmules in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash coolmules for 50% off your first three months. A lot of people who've been following this case have noted how unfair it is that Slava has walked free this whole time while others sat in prison half a world away. One of those people is Jake Kavanch, who blew the whistle on Slava at Vice, then took the story to the National Post. I had a, a real like strong feeling to like try and speak to Jordan while he was in prison, and I wasn't able to. I, was, I tried to reach out a number of times, and it's made me realize how lucky I am that I didn't go on a trip like that. Had he gone, as he initially suggested to Slava he might, Jake would likely have ended up in prison with the others. And when you're from Toronto, being sent to prison in Australia is different than serving time at home. There's worse jails to be than Canadian jail. In the Australian judge's sentence, she took into consideration how all five of the smugglers were isolated from their families back in North America. Phone calls are difficult what with the 16-hour time difference, and the prison's rules and fees. Flights cost about $2,000 per person and take at least 22 hours. And then there's the violence from being incarcerated. Portia Wade told the Australian court that she was sexually assaulted by her cellmate. Jordan Gardner said he experienced racial slurs and violence while in prison. Each of the five said they were suffering from anxiety and panic attacks. On the other hand, when Slava's time in prison was just about to begin, the five people he got involved in this were getting closer to freedom. In fact, most of them have now been released. Nate Cardi, the aspiring model from Queens, New York, got out first, since he had the shortest sentence. In April 2019, he was released in Australia and returned to New York. 
he quickly resumed his modeling career. And recently, he posted a photo where he stood in front of his own image 20 feet high on a digital billboard in Times Square. I've also confirmed with Australian authorities that Portia Wade is out. Robert Wang got out around Christmas 2019, almost four years to the day he first arrived in Sydney. Only Katiba Sanusi and Jordan Gardner remain incarcerated in Australia. They're eligible to be released in April 2020. As for the people at the other end of the scheme, the accomplices who Slava says were actually running things, it looks like they got away with it. According to Slava, the Canadian police had no interest in pursuing them. He says they didn't ask him who supplied the bricks of cocaine. They didn't charge Mike Ford, who Slava refers to as Trey. They didn't ask for the real names of Tweedledee or Tweedledum. And they weren't curious about the Mexican drug cartel that Slava is certain sourced the whole operation. As far as Slava can tell, the buck stopped at him and Ali. I put this all to the RCMP. They said that because of Ali Taki Lalji's outstanding trial, they weren't able to answer any of my questions. Slava says he's even still on good terms with Tweedledee, who reached out before one of Slava's court dates. I uh, just reached out, offered support. Not support, like, just like, I'm going to be thinking of you, hope everything goes good on Thursday. Uh, put me on your visiting list so I can visit. Like, no, not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but I said, like, you know, after everything is said and done, we'll grab a beer. When asked if any of these people are worried about the fact that he's telling us so much about them and their criminal conspiracy, Slava says no. They knew from the start that he was a journalist. And after all, he's not giving up names. You know, when people get to a certain prestige in their criminal career, they like to talk about it. So he knew you were working on a story. Everybody knew I was working on a story. Mike knew, fuck, Trey knew I was working on a story. As I've mentioned... I was able to find Michael Ford and send him questions, but he never answered them. And Tweedledum and Tweedledee, the alleged masterminds of this plot, well, I don't even know for certain who they really are. As for Vice, at first, they moved onwards and upwards from Slava without missing a beat. They didn't talk about it publicly after their initial statement to the National Post, in which they denied that they had ever done anything wrong or that they fostered a culture of illicit drug use. They have continued to publish stories like How I Became an International Cocaine Trafficker, My Life as an International Ketamine Smuggler, The True Meaning of Family Day is Cocaine, Here's How Much <laughs> Here's How Much You Can Make Smuggling Things in Your Ass, and I Smuggled Cocaine into the U.S. to Try to Pay Off My Student Loans. I got all this cocaine. I knew that I had to test it to make sure that I was bringing pure stuff back home. Vice's valuation continued to rise, even as the other big digital newsrooms contracted. The number climbed to $5.7 billion when a private equity firm gave Vice a $450 million investment. Hype about a coming blockbuster public stock offering got louder and louder in magazines like Fortune and websites like TechCrunch. The master plan for world domination that Shane Smith, Sarush Alvi, and Gavin McInnes had hatched 20 years ago was about to be fully realized. But then, something changed. The New York Times published shocking allegations against movie mogul Harvey Weinstein, kicking off the Me Too movement. The hipster bro culture that Vice, maybe more than any other company represented, was getting more scrutiny in the press. 
Stories that had been ignored or swept under the carpet for years resurfaced. The New York Times ran another expose, as did the Daily Beast, and this time, the revelations were about Vice, documenting a history of sexual harassment throughout the company. An earlier move to change the company's culture by putting feminist icon Gloria Steinem on an advisory committee did not seem to have done much to change the office culture. And Vice admitted that it had failed to create a, quote, safe and inclusive workplace. They promised to change. Shortly after, the Wall Street Journal reported that Vice missed its revenue target by $100 million. Then, New York Magazine ran a deep dive into Vice's history of shady business dealings and reported that male managers across the company who had been the subject of abuse complaints were finally being sacked, including one unnamed senior manager who was quietly fired months after a colleague complained that he had punched her in the face during a sexual encounter. Reportedly, he tweeted on his way out that he was simply leaving Vice to pursue other projects. Vice's plan to bring millennials back to cable TV fell apart. Their Viceline cable channel posted atrocious ratings, and HBO canceled Vice's nightly news show. Shane Smith stepped aside as CEO. Now a digital media reality check. Vice Media thought it was cooler than everybody else. It got lots of major media companies to invest in the dream it was selling. But now reality is intruded. Disney wrote off half a billion dollars of its investment in Vice, essentially admitting they'll never see that money again. In Canada and elsewhere, Vice's newsrooms were slashed. Vice and Canadian telecom giant Rogers broke up in 2018. The Vice office closed in Montreal, the city where it all started. That 27,000-square-foot media studio Vice built in Toronto, the one with the office bar where Slava drank with his co-workers before hitting the clubs, that's currently up for lease. I think they're all going to be gone completely in a, in a little bit. Um, but the point is that Vice kind of collapsed soon after I joined it, and this whole cartel operation collapsed soon after I joined that. So maybe it's just me. Slava has a way of making it about him. He's confident that he still has a future in media that will outlive Vice itself. So essentially the plan is to bring in my recorder with me and um, do jail podcasts. My lawyer said that I should absolutely not release those while I'm still in jail and wait till I'm out. Um, So we'll see what that's like. The closer we get to his sentencing, the more Slava seems to be pumping up his confidence for prison. It won't be so bad. He says he plans to learn French. What do I really do? Like, if, if I spend all day from 11 to 4 on my bed at home, free, with a laptop open, how is that any different than, like, really spending the day without a laptop or with a book? Like, realistically, there's no difference except for the space that you're in. Like, do you know what I mean a little bit? Just, like, if you look at things in the abstract or, like, in a more, quote-unquote, philosophical way, I would be a few hours away from home. You know, my family can visit. So... Yeah, I mean, it's a a bump in the road. It's a few years out of an otherwise good life. Slava copes with the idea of what's about to happen, he is going to prison, by focusing on the good life he feels he had before all of this, or the good life he believes is waiting for him after. But a few times, when our questions challenge that, he loses his cool. Like when we asked him if all the cultural reference points he's obsessed with, like hip-hop, crime movies, pickup artistry, the whole game. If maybe he took it all too seriously, and that's what led him on the wrong path. 
Um, now I'm gonna blame the fact that I don't have a dad on it. Maybe that's it. Who knows? Like, I could tell you that, you know, it's because I didn't have this or I didn't have a good version of that. <clears throat> Mind if I go to the bathroom? Sure. He got choked up another time, too. When I told him that I was having trouble finding someone who was willing to give him a positive character reference. He said there was one guy, a rapper he knew. But that friend died in a car accident. You know, at the end of the day, uh, shitty things will happen to people. But ultimately, everybody's going to be able to uh, kind of walk away from it. You know, all five people in Australia, that shitty thing happened to them too. But they'll be out. They'll be free. They'll be living a good life. Um, not everyone gets that luxury. Oh, fuck. I didn't even cry quite. He didn't even cry in court. Not that time. But he did at his next appearance, when he told the judge how remorseful he was, about what happened to the others, and about how he failed to live up to his own image of himself. When we first talked, remember, like, back in April, Mm -hmm. I, I got the impression that what you wanted to tell us is that there is no villain. I mean, you said that there is no villain in this story. Right. But the, the thing is, like, yeah, you can call me, you can say I have terrible taste in humor. You can say I am a bad journalist. You can say I'm a bad person. But you can't say I'm a liar, right? Like, I'm being completely honest with what I'm putting forward out there. And I take solace in that, you know, at least tell the truth about being a bad person. But Slava hasn't always told us the truth about being a bad person. We remind him that he hasn't been completely honest with us. He's lied, on the record. Like the time he said this. I took a trip to Australia, but I didn't take any cocaine with me. I talked my way out of that. Just use that for any, because like, you can editorialize it however you want, and you can say that you don't believe me. That's my on-the-record statement. Slava told us why he lied about that. He thought that admitting to it could add years to his sentence. After all, he's never been charged with trafficking cocaine himself. But once he realizes that we may, in fact, call him a liar because of this, he also seems to realize, and maybe for the first time, that he might not be the hero of this podcast. And that's what finally brings out the truth. I don't know. Like, if that's really what the hang-up is about my honesty with regards to this, as me omitting certain things, then yeah, sure, let's put it all out on the table. Yeah, fuck it. I, I brought cocaine into Australia. There. You happy? So I guess I am kind of happy because I've been hung up from the start about Slava using this podcast to spread false information. But what I've been looking for from the start is why he did any of this. And I think right here, Slava finally told me. Everybody should want to be the best that they can be. Everybody should want to be the most extreme version of themselves available. Like, you, who just wants to be a nice guy? Like, nice is what you say about someone when you can't say anything else about them. So I would rather be a specific type of person who does go balls to the wall with everything he does than be some kind of meek person who, like, oh, I did the thing, but, like, I'm so sorry. Like, no, everybody involved in this knew what they were doing, myself included, and... There will be consequences to pay, and there will be potentially a reward for for that down the line if it's a book deal, a movie deal, whatever have you. The worst thing will be to be unknown, really, in a way, because there's a lot of people who are just unknown, 
and it bothers people and that's why a lot of people sit back on the crutch of being nice guys because they have nothing else they have nothing they have no character that they're putting forward that they're able to be hated for because they're just empty they're just blank slates of people It's December 3rd, 2019. Slava shows up for court ready to go to prison in a Canadian tuxedo, jeans, and a jean jacket. Yeah, do you expect to go in today? I'll be going into custody, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully, I think it's, uh, you get transported off of here at 1 o'clock and 5 o'clock. So if I can get on the 1 o'clock bus, I'll be able to get settled in. Uh, time to watch the Raptors game. We walk into the courthouse together, along with his mom and some other reporters. There is some confusion about which courtroom we're supposed to head to, and as we're all milling about in the hallway, Slava's face lights up. He spots his old vice colleague, journalist Manisha Krishnan, striding purposefully in his direction. Finally, after years of ignoring Slava, after near silence from Vice's management and its newsroom, even after his former colleague Justin Ling told us we were stupid to even be making a podcast about him, a Vice reporter seems to have finally come to court to tell his story. Slava looks shocked and delighted, but Manisha looks shocked too when she sees him and stricken. It turns out she's not here to cover Slava for Vice. She's here for Poop Guy. And in Toronto, police have arrested a 23-year-old man tonight charged in a series of sickening crimes. A bail hearing is scheduled for a man who'd been terrorizing Toronto by throwing buckets of feces on random people. The media have been covering the story feverishly. Manisha is just one journalist among many who've come here hoping to cover Poop Guy's bail hearing. But in Slava's courtroom, the gallery is pretty empty. There's us, then the two reporters who originally broke the story for the National Post, a reporter from the Toronto Star, and Slava's mom. Jake Cavant showed up too. The judge, Justice Heather Pringle, goes through her reasoning for her sentence. She says that the huge amount of cocaine involved makes this a large-scale scheme. And the sentencing needs to reflect that. But she also says she accepts that Slava and his co-accused had higher-ups telling them what to do. After all, she says, he showed a, quote, lack of sophistication by choosing smugglers who themselves didn't really know what they were doing. Notably, Justice Pringle accepts in her decision that Slava came to this criminal plot while he was researching a story for Vice. His underworld connections, she says, came to him through his work. But she says his journalistic ambition was just another version of what really motivated Slava. And that was greed. And then Justice Pringle hands down her sentence. Nine years. She gives him some time after court adjourns to sit with his mother before he's taken into custody. His mom stays with him a bit and then gets up. And for a good long while, he sits there by himself. A police officer hands him a Kleenex. He's put in handcuffs, and the cop takes a DNA swab of his cheek. As they take him away, I remember what he said to us earlier. 
before court. He told us that he thought about it, and his big fear about this podcast is not that he'll be portrayed negatively. Instead, he pleaded with us, please, don't make it boring. Cool Mules is hosted and reported by me, Kasia Mihailovich, and is written and produced by me and Jesse Brown. Research assistance from Jonathan Goldsby. Kevin Sexton is our managing editor. Music by Nathan Burley. Sound design and mix by Chandra Bullockon. We'd also like to thank a few more people by name. Thank you to Amory Sanford for the amazing illustration that you can find at coolmules.ca or on our Instagram page at Canada Land Show. Thank you to Jessica Valentin for promoting this show. And thank you to Christy Lee. She's the host of Canadian True Crime, an independent podcast that she created to honor and respect victims and survivors of crimes committed in Canada and explore how their loss impacted both their loved ones and the wider community. Search and subscribe to Canadian True Crime or find it at canadiantruecrime.ca. Thanks, Christy. Thank you for listening. If you liked Cool Mules, please leave us a review and spread the word. And please stay subscribed to this feed. We will be publishing updates. If you have any information for me about this investigation, you can reach me at kasia at candlelandshow.com. Finally, stay subscribed to this feed for an entirely different investigation, which you'll be the first to hear. We can only do journalism like this with your support. Consider joining us at patreon.com slash CanadaLand. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.